Thank you. It's a great honour to be here tonight. And it's lovely just to spend some time again with you all and to just share something of my own testimony. I've been so blessed to hear testimonies from other people here. Hassan last week and I think I heard James on on CD recently. It's just been so encouraging to hear what God has done in other people's lives as well. I just want to read one verse. <clears throat> Romans 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the verse that's on my mother's gravestone. She got saved many years ago in the early 80s. And she was a wonderful woman of God. And she was a great witness to us as her family. Uh, I grew up in a family where we were um, living in a volatile situation, I'll say. Uh, I had very good parents. My mother was an excellent mother. My dad was a very good dad. But uh, he had a major drink problem. And when he had drink, he would be very violent, very aggressive, and just really was under the control of a lot of demonic forces. So as children growing up, we lived in a lot of fear and insecurity in our house with uh, really no way out and no hope and no, no way of knowing what we were going to do or even how we were going to survive. My mother was a very strong Catholic and went to the church a lot, really believed that if she went there more often, it might help. She might get more answers, but the more she went, the less answers she found. There was no legal system that would have helped her get a legal separation or divorce. She was more or less told, you've made your bed, you may lie in it. You may just suffer on and hope for the best. So things grew steadily worse in our house. She did her best um, in very difficult situation, uh, very difficult circumstances. So um, eventually what happened in our town was the charismatic renewal came to our town and some of the members of the Catholic Church found the Lord. Some priests and nuns were born again. The gospel had been preached to them. And they very boldly invi invited other people to meetings that they were having in the town locally. And my mother was so desperate at this stage, she was almost suicidal. She was living on her nerves and she was a heavy smoker and just was at the end of herself, really. And um, she was invited to go to a meeting and her and her cousin went and they both got saved gloriously and were truly born again. I couldn't say that everybody went on. The charismatic renewal came, went, and really died. But some people went on, and my mother was one of them and her cousin. And because of what happened in her life and the change that came in her life, it really spoke to us as her children. And we just couldn't believe the change that came into her life from darkness into light. And obviously, we wanted to have what she had. So she brought us to meetings as well, and we heard the gospel probably for the first time ever. And at 13, I got saved at my mother's cousin's house. She led me to the Lord. And it was a very real experience for me because even at 13, having not been under the influence of the gospel, when I was told I was a sinner and that I needed to repent, and that, that was the only way to the Lord was through Jesus' blood. I had no problem believing that because even as a 13-year-old, 
I knew that there was darkness in my life and I had a capacity to sin, just like anybody else. So I was wide open for it and I received it with joy and there was a burden just lifted off my shoulders immediately. So that was the beginning of a journey for me and for our family. But unfortunately, there was no real fellowship for us then. You, you got saved, but there was nowhere really to go. So the, a lot of people went back into the Catholic Church and didn't really go on. And it became increasingly difficult because when people heard about this, the hierarchy heard as well, and they would have come to find out what was going on and to try and draw you back in because they thought we were being brainwashed. So you were up against a lot of opposition from every side. But my mother stood strong, and eventually <coughs> her and daddy separated. And he really, I suppose, became more and more religious. And because she got saved, then he became even more de determined to stay in the church. And she came out of it completely and didn't have any desire to go back into it. So it was a matter of darkness and light when they couldn't really live together. So um, before that, we had gone to England. We had to run away on several occasions because things just got so bad and there was nowhere for us to go. So we went to relations in England. I went to school in England for a while, and that went on for several years. So you can imagine we went to England. We were all split up in different houses. We were going to school. My mother was working two jobs trying to keep us. But yet I knew in my heart I didn't, it wasn't right for us to be there. And I can see, looking back over my life, how that the Lord, even as a young child, was watching out for me and knew even when I was in England that I was in despair because we were all split up, and it was a very insecure situation. So the Lord graciously brought us back to Ireland. And because he brought us back to Ireland, that's when my mother got saved. So I can see, had we stayed in England, the chances of us, the chances of me being here today, very slight, you know. So God always has a plan. And he has a plan for all of us. And I believe God can work in every situation and he can redeem every situation. And throughout my life, and it hasn't been perfect, and I mean, the Lord has done a lot of work in my life. But throughout my life, I can see that God has graciously moved in my life and kept his hand upon me in spite of myself even. So um, when I was in my teenage years, 17, 18, we didn't have very much fellowship. We didn't have much leadership. So we were desperate to find fellowship and a pastor or somebody that could teach us. We had plenty of spirit, but we had very little word. So we, when a man came over from the UPC Church in Texas, in America, maybe you've heard of it, Pentecostal Church there, and started a work in Waterford for us as teenagers. So we all just moved to Waterford and started to help out in the church there. And we all got jobs and worked with that. And that was great at the time, but then eventually it all went wrong. And that's where a lot of people were discouraged. And that was in the late 80s. So that's kind of scattered the flock. So basically, um, when I was around, what, 21, I suppose, we would have moved back then to Carlo, to where I was from. And again, we weren't really in fellowship very much. But the point is, the Lord has kept all of us and kept us through all of that. And even my mother, when she stood, she stood alone. And in the last years of her life, she really had to stand alone against a lot of opposition. But I can honestly say that God has kept his hand on my life through thick and thin. He has been faithful to me when I haven't even been faithful to him. He has been so long-suffering with me and so kind and gracious to me that I just know how real God is. And I just have a verse here that I'd like to read. 
I haven't seen her. <clears throat> There's uh, verses in ex ex Exodus 34, verse 6. And this sh just shows the Lord to me. And this is my greatest desire. I think when we're in the kingdom, we should have ambitions. We should have desires to fulfill in our lives that we want God to do. And this is one of my desires, is that I would see and have that intimacy with God that I don't have now, that I would grow and deepen as I grow. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that sums up the Lord's nature and his power to me, and that I would know him in that close, close relationship. Um, when my mother was very, very ill uh, in Dublin, I was working up north, and I came down to stay with her and to help her through that time. And through that time with her, before she died, we had such sweet fellowship together, and she really ministered to me, even in her own distress. And at the hospital at that time, a lot of people believed that she would be healed because she had been healed of a heart murmur and several other <coughs> diseases when she got saved. Um, and she had been a very heavy smoker and she just threw the cigarettes away. So the Lord had healed her lungs, you know, for a long, long time. So she had extra years in her life. So because she had been healed before, a lot of people presumed she's going to be raised up again. She'll be healed. So I said to her, well, do you think now you're going to be healed? Do you want me to keep praying for your healing? And she said, yes, keep praying for my healing. So I did. And people were ringing up saying, you know, we're believing for her and we're going to pray again and she'll be healed and she'll be home again. But in my spirit, I had a check and I felt she really wasn't going to be healed. I really did believe in my heart that she was going to be taken. So uh, anyway, I prayed and prayed and other people were praying for her healing and... I went in one night to the hospital and when it was quiet and I pulled the, the curtain around her bed and I anointed her with oil for healing. So I prayed over her and I said, Lord, I'm committing her to you and I'm believing, as she's believing and others are, that she's going to be healed. Now, she was pretty bad at this stage and the, the report wasn't good. So shortly after that, she passed away and a lot of people were really shook by that. She was only 53. So she had been diagnosed, and within six weeks, she was gone. So after that, I prayed, and I said, Lord, well, I prayed for her healing. We all believe for healing, and I anointed her for healing, and I don't really know what this is all about. And I felt the Lord saying, you didn't anoint her for healing. You anointed her for burial because he was going to take her. So I accepted that, and I had a peace about that. And having seen everything that's happened in my family since then, and in that whole area where she was from, I see in wisdom why the Lord did take her. Because she did pack a lot into her life spiritually in the, in the years that she had. And she helped and encouraged so many people as well. So um, this comes to my favorite verse in the Bible, which says, Psalm 45, verse 8, All of thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia, out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. And it just shows me that the Lord came out of his ivory palaces to die for me, to die for her, to lay down his life, and that he, in his mercy, 
And at the end of the day, he's sovereign. He can do with us as he wills, as he pleases. So, as I say, it shook a lot of people when she was taken, but the Lord really undertook. And I believe it was his will at that time. So, um, I just want to say that uh, if you are a young person here tonight and you don't know the Lord, I just have to say that it's the best decision you could ever make because when you come to the Lord as a younger person, it's almost as if there's a covering or a protection over your life. It's not that you take God for granted or his grace or his mercy, but the Lord really does have the very best for you. And I know for sure that if you trust the Lord, even at a younger stage in your life, that he will bless you and give you so much more than you could ever ask or think for. And I just praise God for his keeping power and his mercy and that all he has brought me through and all the desires of my heart that he has given me, ones that I asked for and ones I didn't ask for. I ended up going to Israel a few years ago and it was like a miracle for me because as a young person in my heart, I wanted to go to Israel and I told people I'll be going to Israel. I was 17 or 18 at that stage. I had such a burden for the Jewish people and I just had a draw to go there, not just to see the sights, but there was something in my heart was drawing me there. And many years later, I was standing in Israel and I was standing worshipping with about 6,000 people down at the Dead Sea under a full moon. And I just, I couldn't believe the goodness and graciousness of God that he had allowed me after all those years to have that desire of my heart. And as Brent was saying this morning, to allow me to see the bigger picture because the kingdom of God is so much bigger and greater than we could ever imagine. And his plan of salvation is so much greater than we could ever imagine. From Genesis to Revelation, when you read, you know, right through the Bible, and I try to read the Bible at least once a year because it feeds me and it, it just, it does such a work in me because the word of God is alive. And when you see the plan of God from his perspective, it really does open you up and it really does show you there's so much more. So I just want to give God the glory for his keeping power and his mercy and his great salvation. Praise God.